What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode two of the Crew Sports Podcast. On today's episode, we're talking more football, kicking things off with a college football theme, rank it, then getting into some more college and NFL games. Finally, we'll close things out with a little NBA offseason drama. And Manning's gonna heave one. Is, oh, there's a flag. Back to the What's going on, guys, and welcome back to the Crew Sports Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Crew Sports Pod. I'm Michael Akeem, as always, joined here by Vito Patel. How you doing, Vito? Better than I deserve, Michael. How are you? Not bad. So, with all the crazy games and all the craziness happening this past weekend, we're actually going to start this week's pod with the Rank It. This week, we're ranking top three best performances from college football this past week. I can start us off. So my number three, I had Stanford. Stanford beat USC over the weekend. They dominated from start to end. USC never looked like they were going to win. Um, they got good quarterback play from McKee. He was 16 for 23, 234 and two touchdowns. Most importantly, they had no turnovers. Uh, the defense had a pick six. And they were the underdogs, but... USC really did not look like they had a chance at all during any of the game. Well, I wanted to comment on that real quick. I mean, that itself is disappointing. Uh, USC, as a result of that awful performance, fired their head coach Yeah, in the coming days. So, yeah, USC, hopefully they fix it for themselves. But, I mean, losing your coach halfway through the season is going to mean the season is going to be tough. It's two weeks in. It's, yeah. it's going to be rough for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, my number three was also in the Pac-12, and uh, Oregon's performance against Ohio State was incredible. Uh, I mean, first of all, beating Ohio State, like Ohio State rarely loses a regular mm-hmm. season game. Uh, and Ohio State played fairly good, too. Uh, they had over 600 yards on total offense and three different 100-yard receivers. But Oregon made big plays on defense when it mattered, and they scored uh, big-time plays. And something I found out is Oregon's best player, Kayvon Thibodeau, who's a projected top five pick in his draft, didn't even play that game. And they still won on the road. Yeah, it was a big game. And we talked about it a little bit last week. And we really did not think, or at least I did not think Oregon was going to win. I thought Ohio yeah. State looked really good week one. Absolutely. I thought that was honestly one of my favorite locks for that week. I thought Ohio yeah. State would get away easily by two-plus touchdowns. So for them to lose it at home, very disappointing if I was Ohio State. But to be honest, I think I'm more impressed with Oregon's performance than I was for Ohio State's bad performance because Ohio State played a really solid game on offense. Yeah, see, that's what I was going to say too. So my number two was actually Oregon and for the same reasons that you just said, but also I was impressed with Oregon's defense because I thought their offense might be able to keep up with Ohio State's, but I thought their defense was really good. Like going down the stretch towards the end of the game, they kind of took away the run for Ohio State and they made they made uh, C.J. Stroud have to throw 54 times. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he had almost 500 yards, but... Yeah. No, I mean, I, I totally agree. Like, that defense was definitely a big example of a bend but don't break defense. Like, they gave up mm-hmm. a lot of yards, a lot of plays, but they didn't give up scores. And that's... I mean, at the end of the day, points win the game. And when they don't give up scores, you're going to win. So, 
they let Ohio State be comfortable, but when it came down to their side of the ball, Oregon stepped up. Yeah, that was really good. Who's your number two then? My number two was Arkansas, which a lot of people associate Arkansas as like one of the worst teams in the SEC, but they absolutely blew out Texas. And like the game, the score seems pretty close as 40 to 21 was the final score, but Texas scored two scores in the fourth quarter. So it made it look closer and like kind of garbage time points. Exactly. Exactly. Arkansas was absolutely destroying them. And they had basically double the yards of Texas. And again, most of those yards were gave, like given up in the fourth quarter. So Arkansas just looked absolutely solid on both sides of the ball as an underdog too. Yeah, and it kicked Texas out of the, the top 25, I think. Yep. I think number one was probably one of the craziest upsets of the weekend. I had to say Jacksonville State yeah. beating Florida State on a Hail Mary. Jackson State came out of nowhere, beat a ranked Florida State. Sent Florida State to 0-2 to start the season. Two tough losses. And Florida State's not ranked anymore either. Yeah. Honestly, speaking of Florida State fans, I would hate to be them. I mean, they lost the first game because their field goal kicker missed. A reliable field goal kicker missed a field goal in overtime. And second game, they pretty much had that game in the bag. They're up two scores with five minutes left. And literally, a crazy Hail Mary that's improbable. They Literally, their safety and secondary just missed tackles. They both missed the tackles two-on-one. Yeah, but they're 0-2, and they lost both their games in the last play of the game. I would hate to be a Florida State fan right now. Yeah, not fun. Moving on to some other college football. A lot happened in the top 25. Oregon's big win means they took Ohio State's spot in the top four. So Oregon bumped up from 12 all the way to four. Another game we talked about last week that we were both excited for, Iowa continues to climb up the rankings. They start off the preseason at 18. After they beat IU, they bumped up to 10, and now they round out the top five. Yeah, Iowa, to me, like, they they uh, increased their ranking so much. And I think, I believe they're the only team in the top 25 that's been top 25 teams twice. I mean, it's only been two weeks. But what really surprised me for those is both those games really weren't that close. Like, Iowa State scored, again, late in garbage time in the fourth quarter. But they pretty much blew out Iowa State from the beginning, and they did the same thing with IU. So Iowa looks really, really solid. I think Iowa's defense continued to look really good. They forced four turnovers on a Iowa State offense that was supposed to be pretty good. And one of those was like a scoop and score fumble recovery for a touchdown. So yeah. their offense wasn't like anything great, but they got 20 points off of turnovers. And I mean... When you only put up 173 yards of total offense and the game still didn't look that close, you know, it was like the defense dominated. Absolutely. Well, I do want to talk about that, too. The, the, I don't think offensively Iowa is that solid of a team, and they have relied heavily on their turnovers. Even against IU, they scored two touchdowns on just pick sixes alone, let alone more takeaways, which is really good. It shows how strong the Iowa defense is, but I don't think takeaways are sustainable. And if Iowa's offense doesn't pick it up, they aren't going to stay in the top five for long. Yeah, that's true. But I think their offense is doing enough every week, I feel like. Like, I don't... Yeah. They're not strong. Like, they're definitely a defensive team, but, like, the offense is still getting it done. Like, when they get close, they still punch it in. That's true. They're a big physical team. They run the ball well, and they take a lot of time. So that's true. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, they don't turn the ball over either. Just all-around things that win games. They're playing a pretty uh, boring style of football, if I'm not going to lie, but it is a style that makes them hard to be beaten. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's just all that matters if you win or not. So yeah. If they keep winning, they've already bumped up from 18th to 5th. Yeah, biggest, biggest jump of any team 
by far this year. Uh, one of the other notable top 25 games, Utah loses to their rival BYU. Utah drops out of the rankings, and BYU moves up in the top 25. They come in at 23. And that was one day after accepting a bid to join the Big 12. So Utah is not going to be independent anymore. I mean, BYU is not going to be independent anymore. I mean, that's great news that BYU has been good as of late. They had that quarterback, uh, Zach Wilson, you know, get drafted early. And Big 12 needs to find some kind of replacement for Oklahoma and Texas. So luckily, BYU is playing pretty well. I think they invited a couple other teams, didn't they? Did they invite Cincy, I think? Yes, they invited Cincy. Uh, I'm not sure if they accepted the offer. Uh, They invited UCF. I'm not sure. Like, I don't know if these teams are accepting the offer, and there's two more I'm not sure of off the top of my head. BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF all accepted invitations on Friday. Oh, wow. That's pretty big. Those are some solid teams. Wow. I was going to say, yeah. Uh, UCF had that really good one a few years ago. Houston's been pretty solid, and Cincy looks really good lately. Formal national champs, UCF. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> You were able to go to the IU game, right? Yeah, so I was able to go to that IU game this past weekend. Stadium was packed yeah. for IU versus Idaho. It wasn't like sold out. It was like, but it was probably like ninety percent capacity. Yeah, I heard the student section was incredibly loud. The student section was packed. like half the stadium, but <laughs> it was really fun. It was good to be back at games. I mean, the game itself, well, I mean, IU dominated. It was over by the end of the first quarter. I mean, expected. Yeah, they absolutely. ended up winning 56-14. Yeah. yeah. But it was still so fun to be back at a game with the full stadium just cheering. Uh, yeah, student section. Student section, no, it, it sounds amazing. I heard Stephen Carr was supposed to be really good, and like I watched a bit of that IU game. And yeah, he looked like a big physical running back. And it's good to know because I already has a solid passing game with Penix and Freifogel. So having that big solid running game is going to be pretty key to IU moving forward and honestly giving them a chance to beat Cincy this uh, Saturday. Yeah, they're going to need it. Their run game has looked better than their pass game so far this year. Because even against Idaho, they yeah. they didn't pass like that much. I mean, they didn't need to. That, that may have been part of it. Yeah, but... Stephen Carr, yeah. He looked he looked like someone who couldn't even be brought down. Like he was breaking multiple tackles, and I mean a big physical running back like that. Four quarters, it's hard to. It definitely makes IU more balanced. So you also got to go to game this weekend. I saw you at the Notre Dame game. Yeah, Notre Dame game was honestly this is the first time I've been to a game where I, the stadium wasn't full. It was, really? There's actually literal yeah. There's literal sections that without uh, fans. I would say with the capacity being eighty thousand, I'd say sixty five to seventy thousand. People were there with actual sections of people missing. And for the most part, the first half of the game, like stadium was fairly quiet. I think most of the folks that went to the game weren't anticipating like a big game, but towards the fourth quarter, it got pretty loud. Most fans were pretty upset with the performance. And when you really think about it, this team, like skill wise, I think this is one of the best Notre Dame teams I've seen, as weird as that sounds. Uh, really good tight end, really good running backs, which they have more, both our running backs have more receiving yards than rushing yards this season cone looks good but that offensive line is just awful like they gave up so many sacks that's from toledo and like what annoys me more is we couldn't even get the running game going and we're o-line you and yeah that has to be changed yeah those are kind of the same things i was gonna say 
The offense still couldn't establish the run. They look their run offense looked good when when Bushner came in. He he is he's really athletic and he's great at running. But uh, first, I don't think Toledo was ready for him. And second, like just looking at the size, sheer size of Buckner, he's a huge quarterback. And like Toledo's defenders aren't biggest. I don't think he'd be a long term answer, but he definitely worked for against Toledo. It makes me think like he reminds me of, like Wimbush. He's literally a Wimbush type quarterback, and. I really didn't like Wimbush that much, but he could definitely destroy a team that's not physically as fit or big enough to tackle. I mean, when him. you have him, he's a he's definitely a threat running. Like Cohen is zero threat running. Yeah. Oh, Cole, Cohen is so slow. So that made me think. Like every time he came in, even if he just handed it off, the run game still worked. You think because when you have a quarterback that is a threat and you got to account for him, you have to take some players and like commit them to the quarterback and not just full commit players like on the run defense to the running back yeah the running worked better with him too i think the read option because nordim loves running the read option for some reason and for some it actually works with buckner because he's just the big yeah because he there, there's an option you can't really do a read option with jack code because well he's not an option mm-hmm. what do you think about nordim's defense yeah i have mixed feelings i think they played a really solid first half didn't give up a touchdown and Toledo is a fairly explosive offense, from what I heard. Actually, they didn't give up a single offensive touchdown until the fourth quarter. And then they gave up two touchdowns late in the game, which, yeah, it was tough. I thought their their run defense still got exposed a little bit. And every time they try to bring the blitz, not every time, but sometimes when they try to bring the blitz, they give up big plays. Some small things like that. But uh, in general, they didn't really give up a touchdown until late. And they weren't missing tackles as much as they were against Florida State. So it's definitely improving. I think... I think the players in general are just getting adjusted to a new defensive scheme uh, because we used to play very conservative defense back when we had Clark Lee, but with Marcus Freeman, we're blitzing all the time. The ending to that game, though, was good. Cohen dislocates his finger, walks the sideline. You see one of the trainers just pull his finger back, comes in next play, throws the game winner to Mayer. That's why I really like Cohen. He, he's a winner. Like We only had 90 seconds, and that was too much time. He scored in 25. I mean, he had that big throw to Kevin Austin, that first play of the drive, that like 30, 40 yard bomb. And then he had that other big throw to Mayer. Yeah, I mean, he's he's ready to make those big throws. Uh, he doesn't hesitate. Like that throw to Mayer, he was looking there the whole time and just threw it when he saw the man. Uh, I felt like back in the days, like with Ian Book, you'd take too long to make a decision. So that has been a problem with Notre Dame quarterbacks a lot over the years. That's why I like Cohen. Absolutely. I think I think he's the man. I just don't like the offensive line at all. It starts and ends in the trenches, and if that can't get fixed, I don't really have much hope for this team, unfortunately. Looking ahead to next week, Notre Dame versus Purdue, I think it's a chance for Notre Dame to make have a statement game. But I agree. I thought this game, I thought against Toledo it would be that. But Absolutely. I think one factor that, uh, and it is pretty evident because, I mean, Florida State kind of suffered from this too, but Having a Sunday night game, especially on the road, means you don't like you don't get that Sunday to rest. And if you have a Saturday game, you get the Sunday to rest. Like Monday, I'm assuming the team travels, so it just really kind of reduced practice time and rest time. And the offensive line just looks sluggish, like in that game. So, well, I want to say that they get better against Purdue, but I don't know. <laughs> I think if the offensive line picks it up, the rest of the team's already there. Defense will figure it out too. Yeah, uh, you sound confident in the defense. <laughs> I actually do like the defensive plan, though, because it does create some bad decisions, and we did get some good timely sacks. I mean, we won the game on that uh, sack fumble, and that was caused by some of the pass rush. So we will go up a few big plays, but I think our offense is good enough to score a bunch of points, too. That This defense could secure games because of 
the pressure puts on the other team's quarterbacks. Yeah, but they've been giving up big plays to like people they shouldn't be giving up big plays to. Yeah, there there's definitely flaws to this defense, but hopefully the Purdue game is like an actual tune up game, mm-hmm. and that way when we play tougher teams like Cincy the following week, that's when the, it'll be Notre Dame's a real test, and we'll see how they do then. Yeah, I agree. Being of Cincy, IU plays Cincy this weekend. Uh it's a chance for IU to bounce back in the top twenty five. I think if they if they can get a a win against Cincy, but Cincy looks good. Cincy, honestly, and I mean you can't really tell based on the teams they've played. They they don't look like they have any weakness at all. For Cincy, they don't have many opportunities for them to prove to the college football playoff committee that they are a legit team. So a game like this, like Cincy's also going to be really prepared. They only have two really big games this season. That's against IU and against Notre Dame. Funny enough, those back to back. Yeah. I mean, it's it's supposed to be pretty close. Like the line's only Cincy by three right now. So I saw, yeah, I noticed that, and I, I do like the respect they're showing to IU. I think, and I'm assuming the stadium's gonna be nice and loud, so it's gonna be tough for Cincy. But I I don't know about if IU matches up talent wise against Cincy. I think IU plays a lot better than they did Week One against Iowa. I don't think Cincy's defense is as as like dominant as Iowa's. But I want to say Cincy's offense is. Way more explosive than I was. Yeah, that's a problem. Um, even against Idaho, IU did not throw the ball that well, which is, I think, was a little bit of a concern. Because if they want to keep up with Cincy's offense, they're going to put up points, and IU needs to be able to throw it to keep up. We know that Penix has the ability, especially from last year. Yeah, but he hasn't looked the same coming back from his injury. Yeah, true. Hopefully, Penix brings it back up, but yeah, we don't know for sure. I think uh, they'll make some improvements and adjustments. Uh, and I, I really do like Stephen Carr. So as long as the defense stays strong uh, and they run the ball well. I think it's going to be close. Like, I like that minus three line. Yeah. But uh, it's tough It's tough for me to say that I think IU is going to win. Yeah, I don't. I, I hope IU wins, but yeah, it's tough. I don't know. Since he's really good. And this is this is like one of Cincy's biggest chances for them to prove themselves. So they're going to come out hard. Yeah, and, and it's a good like warm up game for Notre Dame the following week. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not gonna say anything about that game until we see hopefully a statement game against Purdue. Uh, we got two, I think, pretty big games next week. Number twenty two Auburn at number ten Penn State. So Auburn's won its first two games by a combined one hundred and twenty two to ten. Holy. Yeah, I saw that. They scored 60 points in both their games. Yeah, I mean, it was Akron and then Alabama State. But so. it's still, 60 points in any game is tough. And their defense looks good. Yeah. Um, again, Akron and Alabama State. But they've only given up 10 points so far this season. Auburn scoring that many points a game uh, and playing strong defensively, they have confidence. Like, if I was Auburn, I'm a pretty confident player regardless, even if it's worse talent. Like, winning by that much just feels good. And... I think they're going to be riding hard on that. So they're going to come out strong, but I don't think they beat Penn State. Penn State's look really solid this year, and it's it's a primetime game, and I heard it's the whiteout game. And the whiteout game at Penn State, like everybody wears white, and the crowd's just going to be crazy. I don't. I think Auburn keeps it close, but Penn State wins it. Yeah, and the thing is, with Auburn's quarterback, Bo Nix, he is not known to play very well on the road. And in an environment like yeah. that, I mean, both these teams have good defenses. But Penn State at least has had a challenge so far this year. When they played Wisconsin, they've been tested. Auburn has not. 
had any test whatsoever exactly. this year. Exactly. I'm with you. I like Penn State at home. If it was in Auburn, maybe it would be different. But, yeah, there's. I don't think they come into Happy Valley and win with that whiteout. Absolutely not. Now, next week's, I think, in my opinion, game of the week, number one, Bama at number 11, Florida. Yeah, Florida's a really good team. Uh, yeah, really good. Bama's still favored by 15 and a half. Yeah, and I think that line's too low. I think Bama wins by three plus scores. Like, <laughs> oh. <laughs> the biggest, the, the problem with, it's almost a top 10 <laughs> matchup. And you're telling me the line should be at least plus 21. Yeah, I, if I were, if I'm going to bet on this game, I think, Alabama wins by at least three scores, and one. I think I think Florida's a little ranked 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 a little too high. They haven't played anyone, uh, and honestly, they they only beat U USF by three scores. Which like South Florida is like really really bad. Like they lost their first game forty five to zero to North Carolina State, and North Carolina State's not even ranked. So Florida only won that game by three scores. Uh, I know that's just one game, but I don't think Florida's talent even closely matches Alabama. And Alabama seems like team on a mission this year. Like, I mean, it seems like that every year, but I don't. I don't think they're gonna go easy on Florida, especially since Florida played them pretty tough last year in the SEC championships. Yeah, this is Bryce Young's first like true test on the road, though, against a good Florida defense. I like the line. I think Florida stays within two. Honestly, that's fair. Like. Like, I want to say that, but... Actually, I think it is, too. I think it's a 14-point game at the end of it. Yeah, so I don't think Bama covers. Wow. I mean, I, I want to say I want to say Bryce Young struggles a little bit, but I don't. I just can't see Florida moving the ball too much against this Alabama defense, which I think was one of the better defenses I've seen from Bama. I, I didn't really watch last week's game, but I watched the Miami game, and they just seemed so physical. Yeah, they just thrashed them. And then last week's game was against, like, no one, against Mercer. Yeah. It wasn't even, like... Wasn't even a exactly. real game for them. Mercer scored more points than Miami, but I'm sure this is against third, like backups, third strings. Uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how Bryce Young is in at Florida. Yeah, it, it definitely will be interesting. I do think I do think the offense struggles, but I think I mean I don't even think we've seen four quarters of Bryce Young. I'm pretty sure both games they put in the backups. So if it does require you know the starters to stay in all four quarters, I think at the end of the game Alabama wins by more than two scores. All right, let's switch over to NFL now. We had the first week of NFL. Let's start with Monday Night Football. That Insane. was a crazy game. Overtime was back and forth. One second, the the Ravens won, and they said no. Raiders ended up winning. The Ravens, even with how, how many running backs they have? Four running backs out, I think. Yeah. I still think their their run game was not like that bad, and I think they're going to have a good run game throughout the year. I mean, it helps when you have Lamar Jackson's quarterback too. He's probably the leading rusher, regardless of any all the running backs. But they did they did run the ball really well. Yeah, he was. But even Tyson Williams came out of nowhere. He had a good run, good touchdown run. Yeah, what I was most impressed about in that game though was Derek Carr. Like he was insane, over four hundred passing yards against. I thought that Ravens defense is pretty good. I mean, I think in general they're pretty good. Yeah, he was passing the ball everywhere and. Honestly, if you include Henry Ruggs, uh, which had 46 yards, and uh, Zay Jones, who also had 46 yards, he had six different receivers with 46-plus yards, which is a great job distributing the ball. Yeah, I mean, he threw 56 times. They could not run it at all. Yeah. Like, Jacobs and Drake combined for 45 yards. Yeah. Like besides Marks Mariota's one 30-yard run, they didn't run it at all. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I think I agree. The card played really well, and he kind of had to. And then also on the Raiders' offense, I thought Darren Waller showed 
he's definitely one of the best tight ends in the game. Yeah, he's going to give uh, Kelsey a run for his money, but yeah, Waller's really solid. I thought the Raiders' defense looked good. That's what surprised me. Max Crosby was everywhere. And Lamar looked unsettled the whole game. He never had time to like to sit back and throw. Yeah, I always figured the Raiders had a good offense. But I didn't even consider that they did keep the uh, Ravens in check, too. Overtime was wild. Ra- Raiders had a chance to uh, end it. And then I believe they threw that uh, pick in the end zone, right? And then still got another chance. Definitely the game of the week one. And, I mean, week one was just pretty solid. And a lot of surprises all around, too. Week one, there were a few good games. There was also... The Thursday night game was pretty good, too. Yeah, yeah. Last second field goal. I, that game was a lot closer to expected. Those Cowboys. Yeah. I kind of figured Zeke would probably start the season off slow, like coming, like not playing for a lot of last year. I thought Dak was going to start the season off a little slower. He threw 58 times, also had 400 plus yards and three touchdowns. Dak really impressed wow. me. Wow. Wow. That, no, that's amazing. Wow. I didn't realize he played that well. I didn't think... First game back after being out all year, he threw 58 times. Yeah, no, and I agree. I, I mean, last week's podcast, uh, we talked, we both talked about Dak Prescott, you know, coming back in that offense is going to look much better, but I didn't realize that much better. I thought it would take a couple weeks. Exactly. And I thought CD Lamb was going to actually become a bigger factor in offense, but I didn't realize his first game is going to be 100 yards, too. Both him and Amari Cooper had 100 plus they yards. Both had, and Cooper had two touchdowns. CD Lamb had a touchdown. Yeah, that, that offense, big four we were talking about. Well, I think Zeke didn't really play that well. But no. the passing game and the receivers look really well, really good. I think Zeke, as the season goes on, will pick you up. I mean, when you pass like that, though, it's tough. And usually, though, if you're down, in which they're down for a lot of that Buccaneers game, you're going to pass the ball more and run the ball. So, yeah, I agree. Zeke will probably pick it up. Uh, another big thing from week one, I thought the Cardinals looked really good. And this was one of the teams I was excited for and I talked about last week. And Kyler Murray, five yeah. touchdowns. He threw four. He ran one in. He had D-Hop uh, already has highlights. And that defense, that defense gave the Titans no room to do anything on offense. Chandler Jones has five sacks in the first game. Wow. Five. I thought I heard that uh, they had five sacks, but... I, I don't know. I in just one game. That. I didn't yeah. believe that. Yeah. They also forced three takeaways, and then they made the Titans turn over on downs twice. So that defense was clamps. And that's the offense that we thought was going to be high-powered, you know, getting Julio over the yeah. offseason, adding him to an already pretty good offense. I mean, I, I was surprised that the Titans were shut down, but I didn't realize five sacks. Like, I think two sacks a game is amazing in the NFL. But five sacks, I don't even think I've even heard have anything close to that, honestly, for a single player, too. Five sacks on a defense is solid. Yeah, I mean, they they had six for the game. Wow. Honestly, that Cardinals team then, because Kyler Murray, like you're saying, he had an insane game on a, a passing, like five total touchdowns uh, for passing. Yeah. And that defense looking that good. And they won on the road against what a lot of people thought was going to be one of the most improved teams. Mm-hmm. It just shows like that Cardinals team is probably a contender. Yeah, I mean, they look really good, but they're in a tough division. Yeah, which another team that looked really good in that division. Every team looked good in that division. They all won. But, yeah, the Rams look really good with... With Stafford? Stafford, yeah. Yeah, how was the Bears game? It was it was solid. Honestly, I was more I was kind of impressed with our offense. Uh, Montgomery ran the ball fairly well. and Yeah, that's what I was going to say, actually. Yeah, Dalton looked better than uh, Trubisky did because... 
from the last I remember, every time we play the Rams, they absolutely clamp our offense. And our offense still moved better than I thought it would. Uh, it's just, you know, when their defense is as good as theirs is, and they add Stafford on their offense, like, the Rams are just tough to beat. I was impressed with you guys' run game. Like you said, Williams looked good, too, for you guys, like, alongside Montgomery. I think our offensive line has improved, which was our weak point for the Bears. And, yeah, we were able to run the ball fairly well. In fact, Montgomery broke a tackle from Donald when he scored that touchdown. My biggest takeaway was those Rams are good. They're really good. I also liked how Bears said they weren't going to start Justin Fields and, and all this, and every Bears fan wants to see him. But they brought him in like a little bit. I feel like every game he's yeah. going to get a few more snaps and then just so he can start seeing like the speed of the NFL. And then when he's ready, they're just going to give him give him the offense. I agree. I, I love that. Having that two-quarterback system too, it, it's a good move. And yeah, give, ease him in a couple plays at a time like you're saying. But yeah, leave it to the veteran, especially in a game that wasn't going to be winnable even if he played. Like we weren't going to beat the Rams even if he played the whole game. Like, So I like that idea. Uh, I thought the Bills were going to win. We both thought the Bills were going to win last week. Yeah, that was uh, sad. I really, yeah, I was surprised that the Steelers came and won that on the road, right? That was in Buffalo. Oh, it started off so good. Like, the Bills controlled the game. And I think they still, they outplayed the Steelers. Yeah, 10-0 at the half. We had uh, 120 more yards than them. More first downs, more time of possession. Better on third down. Way more plays. Yeah, wait, yeah. Everything. Wait, what was the difference? We shot ourselves in the foot too many times. Our defense did not let up like that much. We only gave up one offensive touchdown. And every time they get down to the red zone, we'd stop them and, and force them to kick a field goal. But they had a blocked punt that they scooped and scored for a touchdown late in the game, too. So that hurt. We had a fumble. Josh Allen got hit in the in the pocket once and fumbled. I mean, their, like, their defensive line was just too good. Like, TJ Watt was everywhere. And our O-line... Could not do anything about it. They also stopped us on fourth down twice. Wow. So one fumble and two turnover on downs. Yeah. That, that and a you. blocked punt for, for a touchdown. They just picked it up and ran like two yards into the touchdown. All that, it, we just couldn't couldn't come back. Wow. That's Yeah, that's that's tough for us all. Because you really outgamed them in almost all aspects except mistakes. Yeah. And I mean, damn, that's what matters. Yeah. Yeah, I think moving forward, I'm not too worried for the Bills, even though we did lose that, and that was a tough loss. I'm hopeful looking forward, I will say. Yeah, I agree. You guys will be fine. All right, any other Week 2 games you want to talk about? Yeah. I mean, I was so happy the Packers got absolutely destroyed. I did not see that coming. Yeah, I like, didn't see it either, though. Like, last week, I had the Packers winning. You had Saints. Yeah. I thought, okay, even if the Saints won, I thought the Packers would at least look like they're supposed to be there. <laughs> I agree. I mean, the reason I picked the Saints is because I knew their defense is good, but I didn't know it was that good. And I figured Davis was going to be better than people thought, but I didn't know he was going to play that well. Like, I kind of figured it, but I didn't figure it. Like, I definitely didn't see that coming at all. I'm pretty sure Rodgers had the lowest passing QBR in his career, and he also lost the biggest game he lost in his career. Like, he's never lost by 35 points before. And then Jameis had five passing touchdowns and no no interceptions, believe it or not. Wow. And under 150 yards somehow. So he didn't even have his yards, which is also what he's good at. Yards and picks is what he's good at. He threw 20 times and had five touchdowns. More than what third of his completions were touchdowns. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, all around just well-coached Saints, though. Like, they find a way to win. And, yeah, they're not missing Drew Brees at all. Uh, they haven't missed a beat at all. And I could see them being pretty good contenders, too, this year. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers really did nothing that game. I mean, 15 for 28 for 133 yards and two picks. Exactly. Absolutely nothing. That's, yeah, that's not the Aaron Rodgers I know. Uh, yeah, I wonder if all this offseason drama led to his bad performance. Even their running game wasn't good at all. They didn't even have anyone that ran it more than five times. I know they have like running back by committee, but they didn't have a single running back over 20 yards. Like, yeah, their offense really didn't do much. Just awful. And I feel like Saints didn't even have to do much to win that game. They, they were just, yeah, they were just playing their game and, you know, there'd be a lot of mistakes on the Packers side and Packers. Yeah. I mean, just three points. Like, it's rare to see the Packers put up only three points with Aaron Rodgers on the field. I don't think I've ever seen that, honestly. Like this is this is the worst I've ever seen the Packers lose. You know, this is including the years that they were bad. Ever since their defense picked it up the last few years, like I don't think the Packers have even seen a bad season. They didn't have a very productive off season, so I think the Packers might be another one of those teams that pick it up as the year goes on. Yeah, I, you can't count on Rodgers for the whole year. This is a good wake up call, though. It's a little early in the year to be spelling out relax. The other game I wanted to talk about real briefly, Browns looked pretty good against the Chiefs. I, I expected the Browns to play strong, and I expected the Chiefs to win that game still. And honestly, my biggest takeaway is both those teams are good. Like, Browns came out strong. They were up 22-10 at the half, and Baker had over 300 yards. But he was still outplayed by Mahomes, who had like 30 more yards than him. And the coolest thing was, the Chief, I was like, I don't know if the Chiefs win because they were down by nine with 10 minutes left. And like... You know, I look because I didn't watch the game. I look away, uh, go, go look back on my phone, and the Chiefs are up. They scored two touchdowns in three minutes, and they won the game. Clutch. Exactly. He's a he's a winner. Even if you have a two-score lead on him, there's a good chance he comes back. But, yeah, I think the Browns are going to be solid this year. OBJ didn't play, and he's supposed to be out for week two as well. So they're not going to get him at earliest until week three. Against the Bears. Oh, really? Week three is against the Bears? Yeah. Oh, that's a tough game. Yeah. I'm not yeah, I'm not looking too forward to the Bears this season, but I <laughs> really hard to schedule. But yeah, hopefully we get to see more field. All right, so week one recap. We look over our picks. Uh <laughs> not not too hot week one. Yeah. But you did get your majority of your picks. I can't say the same. Yeah. <laughs> so so far in our little competition. I won week one, so I'm up 1-0. Let's start our week two picks. So we'll start with Thursday night. We got Giants at the football team. Somehow this is our primetime game for the week. Yeah, I don't get that. <laughs> but I'll give you the football team. Yeah, I got Washington as well. The Giants just looked bad on Sunday. And like another one of the teams that we I liked from I talked about week one was the Denver and their defense. And I don't know if it was the Giants just made them look good or if they're, like, good. But, yeah, the Giants, especially their O-line, they just looked bad week one. And I think Saquon's going to need some time to get back to his usual production, especially when you got a line like that. Uh, And, yeah, the football team uh, suffered a close loss. I think they're going to come back stronger and them being at home. Yeah, they did lose Fitzpatrick to IR, though. But I think Heineke can get it done. I like it better. <laughs> yeah, after after the playoff game last year against the Bucks, 
I think he's been hyped up a lot. So I'm excited to see him get a whole game against the Giants team. It's going to end up being a defensive game. Both teams have good defenses, but I think Chase Young is going to cause problems for the Giants. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, I got man. I got Washington 2017. I think they score even more than that. I think Heineke, Heineke could score. Not much more. I'll say 24-17. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, let's move on to the Sunday games. So we both have New England over the Jets. I mean, that's a division game. And, I mean, we talked about this a little bit before, too. I think this New England team is going to be a lot better than last year's. The unfortunate loss to Miami, but they're, they're um, I think Miami's also better than last year. So makes sense. Uh, yeah. And Mac Jones looks sharp, mm-hmm. as expected. So, yeah, give me the Patriots. We also both agreed on Denver over Jacksonville. I did not think Jacksonville was going to be that bad week one. Like, Houston yeah, oh my God, ran Jacksonville them. was awful. <laughs> and G. Houston sucks. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're taking. Like, I don't I don't understand how they won. And it was not even myself. close. They ran away with it. And, yeah, so I think Jacksonville was just awful. So, Denver for sure. And Denver, their defense good. Mm-hmm. All right, third game. We also agree Buffalo over Miami. I think it's going to be a good bounce back game. Buffalo needs to, to get a few things straight and we'll, we'll be off and run for the rest of the season. Yeah, Miami's a tough team, but Buffalo is just so good. You guys, last game you guys should have won. So, yeah, you guys will come back. Another team that looked pretty good, San Francisco. And yeah, at Philadelphia, we both have San Francisco winning that one. Their offense looked really sharp and. Their defense should pick it up. They have a good defense. They they lost Raheem Mostart though. Yeah, like, for the year. Sure yeah, so that might that might hurt them, but I don't know. Yeah, it's I don't even way. know they're running back now. Yeah, I I don't know either. But Philadelphia didn't look that bad, but I just think San Francisco's still much more talented. Absolutely. All right, the next one o'clock game we got the Rams at the Colts. I think this is gonna be a good game. However, we both have the Rams winning it. They're just so good on both sides of the ball now. Yeah. And I think the Colts' defense is solid, but I don't think their offense is going to be able to keep up with the Rams, especially going yeah. against that Rams' defense. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, there's no – it's an exciting matchup. I wonder if Quinn Nelson gets to go up against Aaron Dowell and he plays. That would be really cool to see. But, yeah, in general, there's no chance. Like, Rams are Rams are just so solid on both sides of the ball. Good lines, good D lines, good O lines. Honestly, I don't even think they have a weak position. They don't have a weakness. So our next game, we got Vegas at Pittsburgh. Because you know what? I was originally going to say Pittsburgh, but Vegas on a high. I'm switching my pick. I'm going with Vegas. Just came off a hard win against the Ravens Monday night. I'm really not convinced by this Pittsburgh offense. Like, they really didn't do much. I think the Vegas struggles a little bit against the Pittsburgh defense. But I think they still put up enough points to win. I'm taking Vegas. I like your analysis. I think Raiders looked way better yeah, this first week than uh, Pittsburgh did. You the Pittsburgh one. But I think Pittsburgh cleans it up. And I don't think Raiders keep the hot streak going two weeks in a row. Uh, I'll take Pittsburgh on this one. Okay. Okay. Our next game, we got Cincy at Chicago. Cincy week one. Oh, yeah. The Bengals looked better than I thought, actually. Yeah, that Joe Burrow to uh, Jamar Chase connection yeah, back that, to college. That LSU connection worked. Wow, yeah. So did uh, Higgs caught a touchdown too. 
Uh, and I mean, a lot of LSU talent on that field. Justice Jefferson on the other side of the ball had a good game too. But to this week, uh, I think Cincinnati is pretty good on offense. They're better than last year. But I don't like their defense is sus. And Chicago being at home and Chicago's defense is pretty solid too. I think Chicago wins a close game. Yeah, I think because it's at Chicago, and I don't really like Cincy's O-line still. Yeah. So I think Chicago's defense causes too many problems. I think their defense is better than the Vikings. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I agree. I think Burrow's just going to be under a lot more pressure. So, yeah, I kind of I like Chicago as well. Next, we got Houston at Cleveland. Houston really surprised me week one. Yeah, they're much better than I thought, for sure. But when, when they play a real team, like they're they're probably going to struggle. I mean, I definitely did not think they put up 37 points, but uh, we both agreed Cleveland is going to take that game. Cleveland looked good against the Chiefs, but it's, it's just the Chiefs. Chiefs. Yeah. All right, wrapping up the one o'clock games, we got New Orleans at Carolina. I was not that impressed with Carolina, to be honest. Even though they did squeak out a win against the Jets, that's just another team I wasn't that impressed with. And then the Saints, I was very impressed with. Oh, Saints, yeah. Saints look like the best team. And honestly, it was just like a Sam Darnold revenge game for the Panthers week one. I don't think they actually, like he plays this good, especially against elite defense like New Orleans. Saints win easily. Yeah, I agree. All right, starting the 4 o'clock games, we got Minnesota at Arizona. I mean, I said this last week. I'm rolling with it. Arizona is one of the teams to watch, in my opinion, this year. You're so right about that, too. Yeah. I, I didn't realize they were going to be that good. Uh, yeah, give me Arizona. They were impressed. They're so good on both sides of the ball. Next, we got Atlanta at Tampa. I thought Atlanta would at least put up a little bit of a fight against the Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, my God. But they didn't. So, yeah, I think Tampa rolls. Easily, yeah, I agree. Yo, this is a good game. Our next game, Tennessee at Seattle. Uh, I think arguably the best game of this slate, I see. Actually, no, second no, best. Yeah, second best. So I think Tennessee fixes up a couple things from last week, but I think Seattle's defense is pretty close to Arizona's, and I think they're still going to cause them some trouble. And I don't think they're going to beat them by as much as the Cardinals, but I, I think Tennessee's going to have a tough time with this division, and I like Seattle in this game at home. Oh, man, yeah. I, I don't want to pick against the Seahawks, but I really thought the Titans are going to, have a good year this year and starting 0-2 would just not be the move. I think they clean things up and I think they squeeze out a close win. I think Titans are a good road team too, especially when you have a good running game with Derrick Henry. I think they win this game. Next game, we got Dallas at the Chargers. So I like the Chargers, but Dallas just impressed me too much week one for me to pick against them. Dak Prescott just looked too good. I think he's just going to, he's going to hurt the Chargers defense. I think one of the underrated things is the Cowboys' defense, I think, took a step up a little. They, I mean, they picked off Tom Brady, I think, twice. And their offense just looks really hard to stop. So I think they do get that win. And then the Sunday night game. This is the best game yeah, of for week sure. two. Yep. Kansas City at Baltimore. I think this is like a foreshadowing of a playoff game. These teams seem to just meet a lot. But I like Kansas City. I think Kansas City starts off 2-0. This is a tough game for them. But with all the injuries that the Ravens have right now, I think for them to beat Kansas City, they have to be at full strength. And with four running backs out and uh, their top corner out in Peters, I don't think they're close to full strength. I like Kansas City. 
that's tough. I, and this is this is just a bad logic for me, but I I want to. <laughs> there's the same logic that I had for the Titans. I just don't see them going 0 two, especially since I had like high hopes for them. But I mean, Chiefs always have the Ravens number, and <laughs> like I don't think the Ravens have beat Chiefs with Mahomes yet. I want to say the Chiefs, but I think prime time in Baltimore must-win game, especially since the Ravens lost the first game. Like, I know it's very early in the season to say must-win, but, I mean, they have to win this game to get to have a chance in this in their tough division. I think Ravens win. Okay, and then next week on Monday, we got Detroit at Green Bay, another divisional game. Detroit did surprise me a little bit. They almost came back last week, but... And Green Bay looked really bad. Yeah, Detroit much better than I thought they were. Week one and Green Bay much worse. Than I thought they're going to be week one. So yeah, actually, I think this game is going to be a lot closer than what I originally would have anticipated. But there's no way Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and that offense start off zero two. I'm kind of using your logic now. There's no <laughs> way, especially yeah. with their game being against Detroit. Exactly. I don't see it happening. I yeah, we've got to go Green Bay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Same logic. There's not much hopes. I'm saying that. Green Bay has a better chance, but yeah, at home and they're, I don't think they start own two. Give me Green Bay. And they, I mean, at the end of the day, they also have just way more talent than Detroit too. Yeah. I could very easily see Detroit going on two. They were meant to go on two. <laughs> yeah. They might go on a lot more. But. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That wraps up our NFL talk. We're going to wrap up the pod now with our daily NBA drama. So recently John Wall and Houston have agreed that they're going to find him a trade. I like John Wall. I liked him since, you know, he was with the Wizards. I think he's still very good, even though he hasn't played like a full season in a while due to his health. The only issue is his contract. I think he's he's one of the top paid players in the league, even though he hasn't played in recent years. Whoever was going to take him, if they're taking his contract too, I have to pay over $90 million. Uh, Yeah. The Rockets have had uh, a lot of uh, trade picks they're stockpiling on, and I mean, I'd keep, I'd keep asking for every penny you could get or everything you could get for John Wall. I mean, he's, he's a former All Star, and I think he is good. He needs talent around him, but his asking price is the problem I'm concerned with too. Yeah, I don't know if he's worth that much anymore. If he really wants to go somewhere else and wants to be on a good team, he's gonna have to like drop his contract. But I mean, if if I was him, I wouldn't exactly. There's no such thing as a guaranteed championship. There is guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. And all of it is guaranteed in the NBA. Exactly. But let's say he does move and someone does pick him up. Where do you think is a good team for him? I saw the Clippers. I actually really do like that fit. Uh, I don't know if that will actually work out. Clippers, I don't think they have a good point guard. And John Wall is a great point guard. He facilitates well. Really athletic to go with PG, who's really athletic. And Kawhi, who's also really athletic. That team would be tough to beat. I think that would be a great fit. That is a, a position that the Clippers are lacking. You know what place I would actually like to see him? Where he'd be good? The Sixers. Oh, that's yeah, I like that, actually. Wow. He'd fit so well with Embiid and Tobias Harris. Yeah, you replace uh, Ben Simmons with, like, John Wall. He's still a big point guard. He played defense. And he's a good facilitator. He's not the best shooter, but, I mean, compared to Ben Simmons, he's uh, like <laughs> Steph Curry. Exactly. Yeah, he's a good shooter, for sure. And he's actually an actual point guard. Like, I don't, like, Simmons is just not a point guard like that. Like, he's a good passer, don't get me wrong, and a great defender, but a lot of it due to his size. But, yeah, John Wall fills that role much better. 
And I mean, I feel like Sixers need a little more spacing anyways. And his speed, oh man. I think it, it'd help a lot. Yeah, that's a great fit. I like that. And I mean, I think you might be able to work something out with like a Ben Simmons trade. Ben Simmons, John yeah. Wall kind of trade. They win, something. win, win. Yeah. Simmons didn't even want to be there anyways. No, I don't think Simmons wants to be Houston either. Yeah, I don't think so. But honestly, that'll give him a chance to be the superstar of that team. It's a superstar of what team? Of a 10 seed? Who cares? <laughs> That's fair. But yeah, I mean, he do, he does get shadowed by Embiid because Embiid's clearly the best player on that team. So maybe we could see him as a leader. But I do like that trade. I think it's good for Wall. But the thing is, like, if Ben doesn't want to be in Philly anymore. There's not that many teams that, that are going to pick him up. So, like, I don't know. That exactly. might have to be, like, his option at the end of it. Yeah, I agree. All right, I think that wraps it up for this week's pod. If you stay to the end, thank you for sticking around with us. And make sure to check us out on Twitter at Crew Sports Podcast. We're here every Thursday. See you guys next week.